favorite family. We're going to start out with family. Um, and I love this segment because we get so used of the word family and we forget kingdom family. And so I'm super excited to be speaking. We're super excited to be speaking with Pastor Ronnie and your wife Stephanie isn't here, but we want to honor her as well. Um, as you walk up, I just want to give give everyone a little bit of information. They are the they are the founders and pastors of Kingdom City Center Church in Louisville, Kentucky. The Kingdom <laughs> the, the Kingdom Center is the largest diverse church in the city of Louisville. They are also the proud parents of four beautiful children, Colin, Raleigh, Carter, and Isabella. So we welcome you, Pastor. We welcome you. And while we're talking about family, we want to give a shout out real quick to our family. Yes. Our husbands are here. Yes. Let's hey, make some noise. Hey, family. And our children. <laughs> ah. <laughs> well, I'm excited to be here, too. I'm excited to be here, too. I feel like I'm getting set up right now. You are. It's a setup. <laughs> well, I can get started. I remember um, seeing you for the first time in Louisville, and you and your wife. I talked about you guys for a while because you guys blew my socks off. It was that love endemic, and I love the rawness with you guys, the realness with you guys. You guys are super transparent. It just helps us transform in Christ. So thank you for that. Yeah, I think Steph makes that easy. She... Uh, and makes me uncomfortable <laughs> because her leadership is born out of that transparency. I remember um, over a decade ago when we were coming to Louisville to plant the church, she came to me and she said, now, because we had been happy being seconds, serving the vision of another. We were with Pastor Rod Parsley for almost 13 years and we're real happy to be seconds to serve his vision. And so when God kind of touched our hearts and Louisville became our place, uh, she came to me and she said, now I need permission to not be like the pastor's wives that we have traditionally grown up under. I, I can't do it their way. I have to do it mine. And that means that I can't stand up and portray that I'm perfect because I'm a hot mess. And uh, I said, well, me too, so <laughs> I hope we're the right ones. But I want to lead in a way that reveals that I struggle, that I learn, that I win, and that I overcome. But that starts in me being able to be transparent and say, I don't have it all together either. I'm walking this out one step at a time, and uh, her leadership, to be honest, her transparency in the beginning was uncomfortable for me. And yet she has really helped to grow that uh, ability in me to lead in real honest and sometimes difficult transparency. So I, th I think it's a good culture. It enables people then to talk about their struggles. And the important thing is this, if you can't talk about it, you can't get free from it. The reality is we're snared by our words. We talked ourselves into the situations we're in, and God has given us the power to talk our way out of it. But admission, repentance, all of that requires that we talk about what we're moving through. And most people, because of shame and fear, pride, ego, whatever it is, have a real difficult difficulty in sharing 
where their weaknesses are. And I think uh, she's really helped, I think, to create a culture where one of our bylines is there's no shame in the struggle. We all struggle, and it's shame, the, the fear of sharing and revealing. But repentance at its core is a revealing. You have to share it. Jesus told the man with the withered hand, show it to me. And if we're not willing to show him where we're deficient, where we're broken, where we're wounded, it's impossible for him to heal it. Anyways, I don't know if that was a question. Well, but. actually, guys, that was the answer to my first question that I didn't ask. <laughs> it literally was, can you define kingdom family for us? And you did it. I didn't. Wow, that's amazing. So next question. <laughs> um, what role does the family play in the Great Commission? Well, I think you've got to go back, and I was just in preparation for this. You really got to go back, because what we're talking about is doing family marriage God's way. We talk about a kingdom family. We're just talking about it his way. And to find his way, we kind of got to go back to Genesis 1. And uh, I was interested, because I saw some things in this that I have never seen. And I know Pastor Brandon has just an incredible revelation concerning uh, the creation narrative, and so I'm going to spend some time talking to him because he might, might have the answer to my question. But you know the story. God created man in his image and likeness. So kingdom family, when we talk about that, our reality and foremost call is to be image bearers. God created Adam in his image. Out of all of creation, man was the only part of creation that God got personal with. Everything else was created with words. Man was molded with his hand. And he, he said, real important, he said, let us create man in our image. So as he looked into the river of life and saw his reflection, he began to create man in the image of what he saw. So, and this is important. So, we ask the question, what does he look like? Because that's what he made us to look like. That's good. Ooh. And we get, the, we get the answer to that in John 1.1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. So, the reflection that he saw was a reflection of the Word. So, he created man to look like the book. We were created, so if we're talking kingdom family, we have to go to the book to find what we should look like. Are you with me so far? Okay, so we try to do family according to the culture, wrong reflection. So we have to go to the book to find what we were made to look like. But what was interesting to me in Genesis 1, Brandon, stay tuned in here because I know you got answers. He says, let us make man in our image and in our likeness, so our foremost call, and all of you parents out there need to know that no matter what you're called to, uh, I'm a pastor and a lot of different things that are part of my calling. My foremost call is to raise a righteous seed. Above all other things, my purpose is to raise a righteous seed. So watch this. He made Adam an image bearer. And Adam's quest was to make image bearers. So when we talk about how does a kingdom family work in evangelism, the first place we've missed it in the church 
is that we have no longer evangelize our own homes. Wow, we're that not is creating image bearers. And if my foremost call is to raise a righteous seed, it doesn't matter how big a church I have. If I lose my family, if I fail in my foremost quest, and the dynamic in the church today is kids graduate high school and the church at the same time. If we just kept our kids, we would still be the fastest growing religion on the planet. The reality- I, I love that. I got to intercept for a second. That's good. I, I want you to stop right there because I think that, I mean, even for me, you're ministering to me. I have two girls, 13 and 18. Tia, she's a mother as well. And she has, she's raising teenagers. And right we're both, y'all. we Extra both, <laughs> and we both serve in ministry. Um, I actually just launched a ministry. And so someone just asked me this morning, they asked me, they said, you know, how do you like parenting? And I said, it's so beautiful because I'm learning that it's not what you say. They're watching what you do. And so God revealed it to me. He's like, you're evangelizing to your daughters. And so when I walk in a room and it's like eight o'clock in the morning, my 13 year old and I'm watching her worship God without me saying and doing anything. And I'm like, so amazing. God was like, she watches you do the same thing. And so I want you to give some tips to like some parents in here um, and speak to us like about evangelizing in your home. Like, is that something that you do intentionally or is it just that you did? They just watch who you are. Give us some wisdom on that. Yeah. And I think the the original command and the way the story was passed from generation to generation, God's direction to the children of Israel. He said, write, write this on the doorposts. He he said, really stress this with your children and how often in the home because the home was the first church God's first institution was marriage and family first institution why because it's an incubator for image bearers so we have really given the church too much responsibility in raising and discipling our children. There is no way. First of all, if you send your kids, oh, Lord, help me. I'm going to get in trouble now. If If you send your kids to get a secular education, the secular education is completely grounded in humanism. What does humanism teach us foremost? Is that we are God and we are in charge of our lives And we are our own saviors. And so out of that comes all of the self-help. Right? And I'm I'm for positive thinking. I believe the power of life and death is in your tongue. But I am not my savior. I cannot heal my soul, save my soul, and preserve my soul. Only Christ can do that. And so what we've done is we've farmed all of our discipleship in terms of our children to the church. Here's the problem. You send your kids to school eight hours a day, five days a week, to be trained as humanists. And you think that's going to get fixed in an hour and a half on Sunday morning? Can't happen that way. That is so good. If we are not taking time to get our kids in the floor and do Bible study and talk to them about their, their, their real futures, which is life after life, What are you doing when all this is over? Because this is the briefest part of your life, and it will determine your eternity. 
And so I think that we have to be very, I love the word intentional. We have to be very intentional. We have a plan for everything. What's the plan in your home for creating an image bearer? That's good, a plan. So what what do you set down? You got financial plans and you got all kinds of plans for your year and goals. And where is the plan, the structure, the the um, the schedule for sharing the story with your children? And I think that's where it starts is we have to be intentional. We have to have a plan. God fills in the cracks, but we have to make an effort. What are some of the things that is, is in your family's plan, your parents' and plan, well, your plan, your intentional plan? Can you There's share cu- some of the things you guys do? A couple of things I feel like are staples. We, we pastor a very diverse group of people and a lot of cultural differences and ways to do family. And I want to say this. There's a lot of ways to do it. Uh, where they say multiple ways to skin a cat. You can raise family and do it in different ways. But every way must begin with Christ at the center. My greatest pulpit is the kitchen table. I'm, I have a very traditional wife. Now, y'all women, do, boy, I'm going to get a lot of email. <laughs> I have a very traditional wife that values the traditional role of a woman in the home. Now, again, my wife is a woman. If you know Stephanie Ann Harrison, she is a woman. Hear me roar. But when it comes to family, it is very traditional. She enjoys cooking for her family. And so the kitchen table became my greatest pulpit. It's the place every night, and now it's a little different, but when our kids were little, we sat around the table four to five nights and had dinner together. I love that. And so that became the place where I opened up the word and we just asked the kids a lot of questions. And then through the questions about their feelings and their thoughts and their fears, and we used those to minister to the kids out of the word of God. And, and the other things that I thought was great is we had we had uh, family prayer time every, uh, every week. And I'm not going to tell you we did it every night. Yeah. But once a week, we had a for real, in the floor, prayer meeting with our children. And you know what? Sometimes they would be picking their nose. and <laughs> You know what they had to do, though? They had to hear mom and dad pray, yes, seek God, yes, call good. for the presence okay. of God, Y'all take the notes. blood this of is God good. This is good. over their life. Jesus. So whether they were engaged at the moment or not, understood everything at the moment or not they had to hear and faith comes by hearing so they had to hear those things spoken over their lives and uh, in a continual basis one of the other things and I'll just mention this and we can go on have your family in an experiential truth declaring church on the regs church has become so optional for people um you know, and again, we elevate so many other things. And your actions, and you said it, speak much louder than the words you say. And when you elevate T-ball over midweek, yeah, y'all can say what you want to say. When you elevate wow. AAU over church, Come on, that is, is declaring the message as to what is most important in your home. And I can tell you this, your baby can live and never get a scholarship to college. But they can't go to heaven without an experience wow. with Christ. Come on, that is wow. good. Is this helping? This is blessing Goodness. me. Oh, my Lord. 
This is blessing me. I'm going to let Tia go ahead and transition to the next one. That just blessed me. That was good. That was so good. Um, so my next question is, how does God restore broken families, Pastor? Oh, I love this question. First of all, one of the incredible attributes of God is the nature of his ability to bring us back to his original intent. You understand, since the garden and the broken fellowship between God and man, there's been one desire, and that is to get us back to the garden. And that is that nature of restoration. God restores broken things. Obviously, he had an original intent. He had a way that he deemed would be best to raise a family, to raise image bearers. One man, one woman, one marriage. But that's, as we know, that's not always up to us. Broken things happen. Some of you here, some watching online, may be in that uh, season where God has... Uh, where God is attempting to restore something that the adversary has broken in your family. And you say, how? Uh, process is important to God. And, you know, things never get broken in a moment. And God can put things back together in a moment. But most of the time, it's a process of our walking in faith-filled obedience to what he's telling us to do next. Faith-filled obedience. Faith-filled obedience to what he's telling us to do next. Because it's our nature to want to take. Let me say it this way. God gave the children of Israel the whole promised land at one time. But it could only be possessed one step at a time. So a lot of times we want to possess it all. I want God to fix it right now. My uh, directive to you would be take the next step he's asking you to take because possession takes place one step at a time. I love that. That is powerful. Um, and I can really, um, you know, testify to that. I actually been divorced um, with my two girls and um, God restored it. Um, I got remarried. And we just went through a season where although we, we I got remarried, my daughter was still desiring some things from her biological father. And she was dealing with the guilt of loving her new dad, you know. And I had to explain to her, it's not a replacement. This is restoration. It's restoration. And he began to minister her and tell her, you're restoration for me as well because I didn't get a chance to parent my biological children the way I can parent you guys. So it's restoration. So I love what you just said. And it results from faith-filled obedience. That's the word. Yes. Faith-filled obedience will cause restoration. I love that. That's beautiful. I love that. Obedience. That's the word right there, just obedience, being obedient and everything. I'm in that season where God is like, do this, and my obedience has to be immediately. It can't be delayed. And so I love that, Pastor. Um, so the next question is, when examining the culture, what are some challenges you see concerning families? It's a good one. Well, obviously, the culture has devalued the platonic family, and we've given options. Uh, we have marred the original image. And the spirit of confusion that has so attached itself to a generation, and uh, Lord help me, I'm getting myself in all kinds of trouble today. Um, you know, I, I just took 162 teenagers to youth camp out of our church. Wow. And 
to hear their stories. We, one evening, my wife uh, preached, and her altar call uh, was built around the kids putting what they viewed as their limitations on a piece of paper. And the altar call was around the bonfire. They were all going to put them in the fire. Well, we had a PA out there, and she said, if any of you would like to read your limitations out loud before you throw them in, everybody doesn't have to do it, but I'm going to give you the opportunity to display the boldness to expose what the enemy is doing in your life and family. Every uh, It took us till midnight because not one of those kids wanted to throw their limitation in the fire without reading it out loud. You cannot imagine, and I'm talking about 6th, 7th, 8th graders that are up there talking about pornography. They're up there talking about their uh, unusual lusts for the opposite sex. I'm not talking about teen, uh, you know, 19-year-old kids. I'm talking about 13 and 14-year-old kids. And these are kids in the church. In the church. You know, stuff that has taken place in their families. And, I mean, they ousted. I wept uncontrollably because that's the kind of generation that God is raising. Unashamed. Just up there telling on the enemy. But, but what the adversary has planted because of the brokenness of the family... See, what I was going to say is on, day, on, on the last day of creation, God created man. And the Bible says at the end of chapter 1, male and female created he them. But only Adam was formed on the sixth day. Eve was... So a mother and a father are the multiple faces of God to a child. That's why the mother and father in the home was a part of his original plan. We've got to stand against the brokenness the adversary is bringing to families. I think we got to do a better job teaching and training people about marriage to begin with. Don't get married unless you go to um, uh, and get premarital counseling from somebody that can help you understand what it That's is good. you're getting into. Because we're getting into marriages and dissolving them as quickly as we get in them. And, and a lot of time leaving eternal souls to deal with the fallout. And uh, obviously the culture is pressing and pushing so many agendas. I think if you raise kids, keep their, oh, help me Lord, keep the screen time down. Come on, y'all hear that? Keep the screen well, time down. I cannot imagine <laughs> who I would be today. If at 13 years old, I held the gates of hell in the palm of my hand. Jesus. 24 hours a day. Take the phones away from your kids. They'll live, I promise. That's good. You ministering to me. My kid's probably upset about that Mine message. On the <laughs> <laughs> their, my fu husband. their future's not in that screen. And that's the good. thing you have to, to really convince them of. And uh, the, the spirit of comparison, how they feel about themselves. I mean, how does a 14-year-old kid hate their bodies? Who taught you that? I sit and watch these kids that are cutting and mutilating their own bodies. They're 13 years old. How do you, what do you mean? Who told you you had a body that didn't fit? 
But this is the stuff they're facing. And uh, I think we have to bring the culture of heaven to our families, to our churches. Yes, amen. And I think the only way to disrupt the, the current pattern is for us to bring the culture of the kingdom back into our homes, our marriages, our churches, etc. I love that. This was so good. Was this good, you guys? Oh, good. oh my God. Let's make some noise for this. This was such a blessing. This was such a blessing, you guys. We thank you so much, man. Um, this was so good. I know that they're blessed. I'm blessed. I feel like I just got me some tips and strategies. I got some things noted in my heart. I definitely want to connect with you and um, stay connected with you. We thank you so much for thank joining so us. Much. Thank you so much. Let's make some noise for him. Yeah.